Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Let's get into the teaching the Lord gave me for you today. And I'm going to start you again in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. And, you know, the story of Martha and Mary, the Lord won't let me um, move on from this for some reason, or I won't let myself move on from it. Uh, But um, it says in verse thirty eight, you know what happened, that Martha welcomed Jesus to her home and she had a sister in verse thirty nine called Mary, who was sitting at the Lord's feet, sitting at the feet of Jesus. What was she doing? Listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone and tell her to help me? You know, if you notice something here about Martha that is interesting to point out is that she was offended, you know, having hurt feelings. And being offended is sometimes a result of being too preoccupied with ourselves. And we have to get to a place where there's something more valuable that we're focused on rather than our feelings. Sometimes I think we nurture and we nurse our feelings and we nurse our negative emotions and we keep them fed. And whenever you keep something fed, it'll keep living. But when you starve it, it'll die. And sometimes I think we got to starve ourselves, not spiritually or emotionally or from anything that's healthy, but we need to let our negative emotions die by putting the focus and feeding our. Our our thoughts, our hearts, our minds on the Lord and on his goodness and on his beauty, which gets the attention off of us and off of our hurt feelings. And there's legitimate reasons why you may be hurt today. There's legitimate reasons why you may be struggling today. But I want you to notice something about Martha. She was offended. She said she was offended at her sister because her sister wouldn't help. She was outraged at Jesus that he wouldn't tell her, like, don't you care? She's blaming her sister for why she feels the way she feels. She was distracted. Martha was distracted, but it wasn't because of Mary. It wasn't Mary's fault that Martha was distracted. It was Martha blaming her sister on what was distracting her. There's so she's she's offended, she's outraged, she's blaming, she's bossy. She tells Jesus, tell her to help me. Like, wait a minute. I thought I thought Jesus was Lord. I didn't see your name. I didn't see a nail prints in your hands, Martha. I didn't see a spear in your side. I didn't see a right. You see, she's now bossing him around. Well, tell her to help me. She's suspicious and she's questioning Jesus and she's skeptical. I think sometimes we got to examine our own feelings and we have to ask ourselves. And I wrote this down. I'll just read to you what I wrote. Is there anything worthy of meditating on? Are your feelings worthy of meditating on compared to our wonderful Savior's love? Are your feelings worthy 
of med meditating on more than our wonderful Savior's love? Is your grudge or your grievance more worthy of meditating on and letting you get riled up and letting you get controlled by your feelings and emotions? Are they worthy of that much attention more than the beauty of our Savior's love? That's what I think we all need to ask ourselves. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're you're so worried and bothered about so many things. And there's really only one thing necessary. One translation says there's there's only a few things, but really only one that is necessary. And Mary's chosen the good part, which is not going to be taken away from her. She's chosen the good part. I want to encourage you to choose the good part today. What is good? What is the good that she's choosing? She's choosing to sit at the feet of beautiful Jesus. That is never the wrong choice. That is never the bad part. She's choosing the good, the goodness of God, the beauty of Jesus. Do you want to get your mind off of self? Do you want to get your mind off of what's hurting you? Do you want to get your mind off of what's imprisoning you? It's simpler and easier than you think. It's not about crucifying yourself over and over again, condemning yourself and beating yourself up for your mistakes. It's about seeing something that is worthy and that is more worthy of your attention than your own emotions. It's seeing something more worthy, seeing something that is more valuable and more precious and more beautiful than your emotions. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. In John, Chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Mary's chosen the good part in Luke 10, 42. Mary, Jesus said Mary's chosen the good part. And it's not going to be taken away from her. Jesus says he is the good part. He said, I am the good shepherd. And the word good there is the word kalos in Greek. It's the word for beautiful. We actually get the word beautiful from this word. It actually is beautiful and it means attractively good. It means beauty that inspires or motivates others to embrace what is lovely and what is beautiful and what is praiseworthy. I'll read that to you again. The word for good here when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. It is the word Kalos. It means attractively good beauty that inspires and motivates. It inspires and motivates others to embrace what is lovely, what is beautiful, what is praiseworthy. In other words, we got to see how beautiful our shepherd is. He's so beautiful that he leaves the ninety nine sheep. To find the one that's lost, are you that one? To find the one that's distracted, are you that one? To find the one that's been deceived, are you that one? To find the one that has been worried and bothered by so many things, are you that one? How beautiful is our Savior 
the beautiful shepherd. He finds the lost sheep, the missing one. He beats off the wolves, he beats off the devils, he beats off the fears. And he picks up the sheep. Maybe the sheep has been injured by the enemy or by going to a place that that sheep shouldn't have gone. They say that when a sheep is on its back because of an injury, that it's not able to pick itself back up when it's fallen. That's why it needs the good shepherd to come. Put his beautiful hands underneath that sheep. He puts his beautiful hands underneath you. And he picks you up. He puts you on his shoulders and carries you back. Carries you home. That's what he means. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the beautiful shepherd. He's all together lovely. There's nothing that is not lovely about him. There's nothing that's not beautiful about him. There's nothing that is not perfect about him. He is all together lovely. You know, there's um, a hymn written about 100 years ago called that <clears throat> altogether lovely. <clears throat> it says altogether lovely. He is altogether lovely and the fairest of 10,000. This wonderful friend divine. He gave himself to me to save me. Now he lives in heaven to keep me. He is altogether lovely is this wonderful savior of mine. You know, in Philippians chapter four, the most famous passage of scripture in this chapter is probably verse six and seven, right? Be anxious for nothing. Anybody dealing with anxiety or stress, fear or worry? I'm sure many of us are. Be anxious for nothing. How? By in everything with prayer. So anxiety is a signal to pray. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What a beautiful savior that we can go to him about any request that we have. Come boldly to the throne of his grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Right. And what does he say will happen? Verse seven and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then He tells us how the peace of God will guard our hearts. You see, the peace of God will guard your heart when you go to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving. But the peace of God will guard your mind when you change what you're thinking about. In verse eight, he puts the exclamation point on how to deal with anxiety and fear how to deal with negative emotions. Finally, brethren, whatever's true and honorable, whatever's right and pure, whatever's lovely and of good repute, if there be any excellence or if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Have you ever read that verse and thought, wow, I got to kind of think, OK, what's true and what's 
honorable and what is right and what is pure. Well, let's talk about that. Whatever is true, Jesus is the truth. Whatever is honorable, Jesus is the most honorable. Whatever is right, Jesus is Mr. Right. Whatever is pure, Jesus is 100 percent pure. Whatever is lovely, he's altogether lovely. Whatever's of good reputation or good report. There are no bad reports about Jesus. Is there any excellence? Jesus is the most excellent. Anything worthy of praise? None more worthy than Jesus. Dwell on these things. You see what he's really telling us to do is to dwell on Jesus. And the characteristics of our savior. This is really what brings peace to your mind as a person when he's always on your mind. Elvis said it. You're always on my mind. When Jesus is always on your mind and specifically. His beautiful love, his beautiful grace. Let your mind dwell on these things, he says. You know, I mentioned this. uh, I asked you this last week, but I'll ask you again. How beautiful are his hands? As he heals the sick. As he feeds the multitudes. As he embraces his disciples, how beautiful are his hands that were pierced for our iniquities, how beautiful are his feet that walked everywhere to bring healing and blessing and comfort wherever he went. How beautiful are his feet that were pierced for our iniquities, pierced for our sins, pierced for our salvation, pierced for our healing. Is there any wonder why Mary chose the good? Is there any wonder why Mary chose the good? Perhaps she's the Mary that had seven demons cast out of her or the Mary that was caught in adultery. And Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Now go sin no more. Maybe she's that Mary, and that's why she's at the feet of Jesus. But she has seen his beauty and it has brought her to his feet. It's not his authority, though he has all of that. That's not what brought her to his feet. It's his beauty, his beautiful love, his beautiful forgiveness, his beautiful grace, his beautiful face, the face that could judge but doesn't judge a face that could be angry, but never is. What brought her to his feet was his beauty. What made Martha offended was she was looking at the circumstances rather than looking at the Lord. Even Isaiah said in chapter 26, verse three in the King James Bible, the mind you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusts in thee. When your mind is stayed on him. And how beautiful he is. The real him. God will keep you 
in perfect peace. How beautiful is his prayer when he prayed in John 17, 23, I in them, father, and you and me, that they may be perfected in one so that the world may know that you sent me and you, father, love them even as you have loved me. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful savior that he wants to share his father's love equally with you. Just as you loved me, Lord. You love them. Not a little less. Even as just as. How beautiful is his humility? You know, in John, chapter 13, verse three, when he says all things were put under his power. I think the King James, if we have that version, Jesus, knowing that the father had put all things under his hand in his power. You know, with all the power that Jesus had been given, the father gave him all the power, gave everything into his hands. What did he do with that power? What did he do with those hands? The Bible says in verse four what he did with those hands. Everything has been put in my hands. And in verse four, it says, so he got up. And what did he do with those hands? He took a towel. And what did he do with those hands? He poured water into the basin. And what did he do with those hands? He washed his disciples feet. And wiped them with the towel with which he was girded. Why does the world hate this savior? Why would the world reject this man? The most beautiful man. The beautiful shepherd. How beautiful is his heart as his mother is weeping while he's on the cross and he turns to John and says, Behold your mother. Take care of. Take care of her, John, like she's your own. What a heart. How beautiful are his words when being nailed to the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. How beautiful are his words when the thieves on the cross were hurling abuse and hatred towards him with the crowd and the mob. Until one thief turns to him and says, Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And there this thief was maybe a murderer, too. He's about to die on this cross next to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Truly, I say to you this day. You shall be with me in paradise. You shall be with me 
you know, the Christian life is not a life of God, a life about God. It's not a life for God. It's not a life above God, below God. It's life with God. You shall be with me. What did he say to his, to his disciples? And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. How beautiful are his eyes that looked with mercy upon that thief on the cross? How beautiful are his eyes that looked at Peter after he had denied him three times and Peter wept bitterly. But Jesus looked at him with acceptance and love and forgiveness. Is it any wonder why Peter became the first of the apostles to preach after Jesus resurrection, where 3000 people were saved the first day, 5000 people were saved the next day? This beautiful savior loved the man who denied him three times after following him for three years. You see. Jesus beauty and Jesus love is not reserved for the holy and the godly and the pure. It's for everybody and anybody that comes. Come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. How we need to be like Mary. Catch a glimpse of his beauty, like David said in Psalm 24, Psalm. 27, verse four. In the Message Bible, he said, this is the one thing. Just one thing that I'm asking God for. To live with him. In his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. And I'll study at his feet. You know what makes you want to study the Bible when you realize that it's all about the beauty of Jesus. It's a mosaic of Jesus. We went over that last week. He's in every book of the Bible. He's in every year of your life. He's in every dream that you've ever had. He's in every hope that you've ever had. He's there with every failure in your life, holding you and never letting you go. He's everywhere. He's in every moment of your life. He's omnipresent. He's dwelling present. And he is manifesting his presence when you believe. You know, when Peter saw Jesus fill his boat with fish after they'd fished all night. What happened? Peter fell at Jesus feet. When ten lepers were cleansed, what happened to the one that saw he was healed? He turned back and he fell at Jesus feet. What about the man who was demon possessed with a legion of demons? Nobody could contain him. Chains couldn't hold him. Prisons couldn't keep him. And Jesus heals him. And what happens to this man? He falls at Jesus feet. Sitting 
at the feet of Jesus. What happened when the Magi came and saw Jesus in the manger? As soon as they saw him, they fell at his feet. Martha invites Jesus over to the house. And as soon as he gets there, what does Mary do, who had been forgiven of so much? She falls at his feet. You see, I'll contemplate his beauty. That's what makes me want to study at his feet. Why does the world reject our savior? Song of Solomon says in verse 516, he is altogether lovely. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend. She says the Shulamite woman says about the king, which is us who are born again, talking about Jesus. Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse 16. If you look in the New American Standard of the King James Bible, it says, yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend. This is my beloved. And this is my friend. Why does the world hate our friend Jesus? Why do some despise our friend Jesus? Well, all religions are the same. Yeah, they are. All religions tell people to treat each other. Most religions tell people treat each other well. But Christianity isn't a religion. It's a beautiful relationship of intimacy between you and God. And you don't have to strive to find that intimacy. You just have to contemplate his beauty and you will become intimate at his feet, just like she was, just like David was, just like all of them that fell at his feet were. Look at what it says. He is all together lovely. He's all together lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend. What good can you desire? That isn't found in Christ. What do you want right now in your life? What are you missing in your life right now that's not found in Christ? The excellencies of Earth are his footstool. The excellencies of heaven. He created his throne. If he created all the beauty on Earth and he created all the beauty in heaven, then how much more beautiful he must be who created all that is lovely and all that is beautiful. In Jesus. All your needs 
all your wants, all your desires are found in him, in Jesus, our friendship in Jesus is friendship. If you're forsaken in Jesus is honor, if you've been despised in Jesus is help, if you've been hurting. In Jesus is help if you're in need. In Jesus is mercy. If you're struggling in any way today. In Jesus is love if you're rejected. Or feel hated. Or feel you hate yourself in Jesus is love in Jesus is joy. If you've been in sorrow and sadness, depressed. In Jesus is peace. If you've been worried in Jesus is protection, if you're in danger. Deliverance, if you're in bondage, riches, if you are poor, restoration, if you've been taken from life, if you've been if you are mortal beauty, if all you have is ashes and all things, if all you have is no thing. He is all of that and more. He can deliver you today from all your fears because love casts out fear. He can deliver you today from all your sin because he already paid for it. He can deliver you today from all your guilt and condemnation because he has wiped away your shame by being nailed to the cross. He can deliver you from self, which is the most hurtful of all companions, self. He can deliver you from death, the most dreadful of all moments. He can deliver you from Satan the most deceptive of all enemies. He can deliver you from hell, the most horrible of all prisons. And he can deliver you from wrath. The most horrifying doom. To die without him. You see. Why would we refuse? this beauty when he is all of these things. You know, the be- most beautiful things in this world, you could see them for 60, 70, 80 years and eventually they'll their beauty will wear off. The flower fades, the grass dies. But the beauty of the Lord. Will last forever. when 10,000 ages have passed. When we get to heaven and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of eternal ages have passed, he will become even more beautiful to us because his beauty never wears out. It never dies. It never ends. It gets more and more lovely. He is altogether lovely. Nothing in him is unlovely. He is altogether lovely. He will not leave anything he touches unlovely. He is altogether lovely. He will destroy everything that is unlovely in your life to keep you 
preserved and to keep you enjoying the loveliness of your beautiful Savior. He's altogether lovely. He's your beloved. He is your friend. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the lover that will never, ever let you down. He is the husband that will never leave you. He is the father that will always welcome you home. He's the mother that will always believe you and believe in you. This is my beloved. This is my friend. This precious Jesus. Really, I'm without words to describe how beautiful he is. Mother Teresa once said loneliness is the worst of all poverties. It is the most terrible poverty. Someone said, I thought marriage would bring me fulfillment and free me from loneliness. So I prayed for a husband while I waited for my life to start. Thankfully, God met me in my ignorance and showed me how wrong I was. He had better plans for me. I quoted that in a book I wrote on loneliness a couple of years ago, and it really struck me when she said, while I waited for my life to start. This beautiful story, this love story between you and Jesus, it's already started. And you don't need to wait for anything else for your life to start. Jesus said this is eternal life in John 17, verse three, that they would know you, Father, and they would know the one you've sent. Eternal life comes from knowing Jesus, who the father sent. Not the Jesus of religion, the beautiful savior. How beautiful is he? Song of Solomon in the Passion Translation says in verse one, he said, look at what it says. I have gathered from your heart my equal, my bride. What a savior. He calls us his equal. Is he? Are we his equal? We're not equal in his. We're not equal in our perfection. We're not equal in our holiness. We're not equal in our love. We're not equal in our power. We're not equal in anything. But he calls us my equal. He raises us up with him, seats us with him in heavenly places, gives us his power and his authority and his name. And he said, yeah, my bride, sit with me, sit with me. Look at how beautiful this Jesus is. If you look further in this chapter, 
in verse 10, it says he alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendor, yet is so approachable. Did you know that you can go to him right now about anything? Yeah, but I really did something really bad. Did you know he's approachable? Did you know that the throne of grace is called that because God wants to make it very clear to you? You don't get to the throne through your holiness. You don't get to the throne through your goodness. You don't get to the throne of God through your religion. You get to the throne of God by his blood, by his grace. That's why it's called the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. He is dazzling splendor, yet so approachable without equal. He stands above all others. The way he leads me. Is divine. His leadership so pure and dignified, his leadership. The leader of them all. Be my leader, Jesus. Lead me. It's so pure and so dignified his leadership as he wears his crown of gold and takes that crown and says, let me share it with you. It says he sees everything with pure understanding. He sees everything. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're suffering. He sees it all. He's got the pure understanding of it all from his perspective. Everything's going to be all right. How beautiful are his insights without distortion. He never gets it wrong. He knows what he's doing. Everything's going to be all right. He goes on to say his eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation. The river of revelation. God, give us a revelation of your love. Looking at his gentle face, looking at his gentle face. I see such fullness of emotion. What emotions love? What emotions passion? What emotions? Mercy, what emotions? Faith in you, what emotions? Joy to see you, to have you. Like a lovely garden, he says, where fragrant spices grow. What a man. What a man. This. Is your savior, this is the one. Who gave it all for you? Verse 14, do you see how his hands hold unlimited power? What's in his hands? He holds unlimited power in his hands. His hands heal you. His hands form you. His hands embrace you. His hands lift you. His hands touch you. His hands feel your heart and his hands heal your heart. For he never uses his power in anger. Why? Would the world not come running to this man? 
for he is always holy, displaying his glory. He is steadfast in all that he does. His ways are the ways of of righteousness based on truth and holiness. Most sweet are his kisses, the kiss of forgiveness, the kiss of acceptance, the kiss of affection, the kiss of love, the kiss of restoration, the kiss of healing, the kiss of deliverance are his kisses, even his whispers of love. He is delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. That is our beautiful savior. Do you know him yet? Have you received him as your savior and Lord? I know many of you that are watching, you already have. But for the one sheep, your beautiful shepherd, has come for you. For the one who's lost, your beautiful shepherd has found you. Let him take you in his arms. Say that Jesus, take me into your arms. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. You rose from the dead. Just say that I believe you died for me. You rose from the dead. Your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness, from all sin, from all of my past. I belong to you and you belong to me. This is my beloved. This is my friend. He is altogether lovely. If you prayed that prayer, let me know. I have a gift that I want to send you. I want to make sure that we stay together and stay connected. There's a book on the screen. You can get it downloaded anywhere in the world. It's free. It's my gift to you. Anywhere in America, you can get a a personal physical copy of it as well. If you'd like that, if you get if you today, you receive Jesus as your savior and Lord, anybody is free to download it love to make it available to anybody that would like downloadable for free. Now let's lift our hands and let's return to our first love. And let's ask him to let the river of revelation flow into our life to know him and to see his beauty and to study at his feet. Come on, lift your hands right where you're at. Let's worship him for a moment. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due.
bless you today with a river of revelation that will fill your heart, fill your eyes, fill your soul, fill your home, fill your family. Let the river of, revela of revelation, a revelation of his love, revelation of his beauty, let it become the river of your soul from this moment forward. And let's forever stand in awe of him as we look in his beautiful face. There will always be a smile. There will always be love. There will always be acceptance just because you're his. God bless everybody. If you need prayer for anything, please call us. Let us know. We'll see you Wednesday night for our Bible study. I love you guys. I'll see you Monday for our daily bread.